0: Now, we've said that it's Pentecost today, uh, and that's the day where the gift of the Holy Spirit was sent to the disciples. So we are gonna watch a little video which is gonna help to tell us the story as we start our time together. Let's watch it.
1: Stories of the Bible. God sends the Holy Spirit. They followed Jesus during his time on earth. Before Jesus went to heaven, He told them to stay in Jerusalem until God sent the gift he promised. See ya! So after Jesus went to heaven, the apostles stayed in Jerusalem along with the other people who believed in Jesus. One day they were all gathered together when there was a sound from heaven like a mighty windstorm. Whoa! Then what looked like flames appeared and settled on each of them and everyone was filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gave them the ability to speak in other languages, and so they started speaking. At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, they came running to see what it was. What's going on? When they saw the believers speaking in their own languages, they were shocked and amazed. Hey, you hear this? They wondered, how can this be? These people are from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages about the wonderful things God has done. What can this mean? Nah, whatever. But others in the crowd didn't believe that it was really a miracle, and thought the believers were just acting oddly. Nah.
0: We're going to have our reading now, and we thought since it was about Pentecost, we'd do it in a little bit of a different way. We're really fortunate to have people from so many different nations in our church, and so we have asked some different people who speak different languages to record different parts of the reading. Uh,
2: The reading is from Acts chapter 2, it's the first 12 verses. It is on the sheets that you've got there. We'll come to that in just a moment. Before you all look down, you'll want to um, watch and enjoy as we um, see different people read these verses together, first of all.
0: Nibat, je Jo Pentecosti City, Bogomofio Concon, Wanibicon.
3: Jaka Asmanse,
0: Esse Wazai, Jesse Zorkie Andihe, Oor Osse, Sarah Girl, Johammo Betete, Gungea.
2: Plotseling klonk er uit de hemel een geluid als van een hevige windvlaag, dat het huis waar ze zich bevonden geheel vulde. Juh, dong semua Takana Tuhan Allah pun roh. Ais dong mulai beromong pake orang lain dong bahasa macam-macam. Iko apa yang roh kasih sendom ke omong? Ada orang-orang Yahudi yang tinggal di Yerusalem, yaitu orang-orang Saleh yang telah datang dari berbagai negeri dari seluruh dunia.
0: Haluh
3: E quedaram todos
0: pasmados porque cada um que no escutava, falava em seu próprio idioma. Atônitos e maravilhados, eles
1: perguntavam, acaso não são Galileus todos esses homens que estão falando? <tos> Judea, Capadocia, Pontus, Asia. Chrysia and Phrygia, Egypt and the Libyan
0: region near Crete, and the people who lived there, as well as the Romans who were staying there. Christians and the God И удивлялись все и говорили друг другу, что это значит».
2: We could have done that a couple of times over, I think, with some other languages as well. So... Definitely
0: a number of languages we didn't include, but it was great to hear those, wasn't it? Um, now, the story here is told by Luke. We read about what happens in the Gospel of Luke of what, when Jesus was on earth, but the book of Acts tells us about what happens when Jesus has gone back to heaven. And the day of Pentecost came, and the disciples all together in one room. Now, I guess it's been a hard few days for them as Jesus has gone, and they're left by themselves, waiting for the gift that he had promised. And there were just 12 of them, sitting together, one Wondering what would happen next when we're told that two unusual things happened. Now, what you've do, you've got the sheet in front of you with the passage on. I'm going to give you a couple of moments. Have a look at verses three and four. What are the two unusual things that happen to the disciples that day as they're sitting in that room? Have a look at verses three and four. We'll give you a moment or two, and then we'll tell you.
2: The first of those in verse three, I want to, is, is anyone able to just to act out uh, kind of what appeared to be happening. Can anyone uh, try and communicate that? Oh, yes, over there. Yeah, there's, there's quite a lot nice. of this going on. That's right. Okay, so there were these tongues of fire that came to rest on each of the heads of the disciples. Each of the heads? I think each of the disciples' heads, maybe. Good.
0: okay. <laughs> and then in 1st four, we're told that they start speaking in other t- tongues and languages. Now, there are many of us here who have, have tried or and failed and tried and succeeded to learn other languages but it doesn't happen that quickly normally does it you don't suddenly get to speak wouldn't it be brilliant if it did GCSEs would be a lot easier if you could do that but suddenly they can speak in these languages and they're able to communicate and so we have these men who are suddenly able to speak in all these different languages and then we're told as well that there's a number of God-fearing Jews who have arrived in Jerusalem so what's going to happen when these guys meet Well, these Jews are in Jerusalem and they're far from home and it's a very long time before phrase books have been invented and it's even longer before Google Translate has been invented. So they're probably not expecting to hear anybody else speaking their language and yet then they do hear people speaking in a tongue they understand and not only do they understand it, but it's telling them about Jesus. These voices are telling them about what Jesus has done, who he is and how amazing he is. And they are confused, but they're also amazed. This wasn't what they were expecting. The men were speak- speaking to them were Galileans. They weren't expecting to hear them speaking their languages, but that's what they hear. And in verse 11 we read, We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. They were all hearing about Jesus in their own language.
2: Now, what is it that Luke wants us to see? Well, we need a bit of help with this, and uh, Pete and Ewan are going to come, uh, come to the front and uh, help us think about what um, Luke is trying to get us to see. We've got a map which you've got again on your sheet, and we're going to we're going to put up here, and they're going to (laughs) run. Now, guys, come and hold the map up here, and it's the same map that you've got. And that's right. If you can come in the middle here, Keep keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. That's great. Now, what Luke wants to show us is that following Jesus is for people of every nation. And in verse 5, he uses a phrase that from every nation under heaven, there were people there. Now, what we want you to do is on the map that you've got there, you'll see that there are some dots and they've got different colors. And we've put the modern place names uh, in the box um, of uh, of where these um, places are that were mentioned. Can you match up the dots to the place names? Now, we've given you the modern ones.
0: You get a bonus point if you spot the spelling mistake in one of the countries. Nice. You may already have Um, spotted that. Apologies. And
2: if you also get even more bonus points, if you can match in the verses the original places as they were described to the modern day uh, places that we have put in the box. So if you can link some of those up, um, and then we'll give you a couple of minutes to do that. Just have a look, see if you can jot them down, and then we'll put them on the map and see which ones they are.
0: Let's see how you're doing. Uh, you may we're... put your
2: pens down now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's not an exam. <laughs>
2: no, I don't. <laughs> but we will be
0: taking the results at the end, and we won't really. No, no. OK, so the first one, I reckon, is probably one of the easiest ones. Because if you're familiar with maps, most people kind of know the boot, don't they? And so this, sorry, I'm trying not to pin it on your face, Ewan, uh, but this one up here is Rome. So if you got uh, the purple one in the corner as Rome, then you've got that one right, so well done.
2: Uh, now I'm gonna try and find um, Iran. Uh, I don't know if you knew where Iran was going to be um, it's one of the two that was off the side of the map here pointed over this way And is in fact this one up here the orange one and The bonus points for that are that it was the Medes and the Elamites Are the sort of region uh, that is now modern-day Iran. So if you got that well done
0: Okay, this one here this light blue one is Turkey if you got that one. Uh, and actually, that covers quite a lot of the places named in the passage. So that's Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, and Pamphylia. So if you got, knew any of those were modern-day Turkey, then well done.
2: Um, Iraq, then is, and the other one that's off the side of the map, down the bottom here, the sort of um, pinky-coloured one. And uh, that was down there, if you got that right. And Iraq also covered um, Mesopotamia um, and the Parth, uh, Parthians. Um, the Parthians now it probably stretched a bit further than that, um, but uh, that's the sort of modern-day Iraq region that we're looking at.
0: And then this island in the middle, the green dot, this is Crete.
2: And then, this one might be one that you got straightforwardly, this is Judea. Judea was the yellow one down in the corner here, um, in that region. Um, and also, uh, Judea you might have known, now as well as that, uh, the area of, that's called Arabia is mentioned now, not where Judea is, but down further to the south and the east of that would be the the, the region that they would have referred to as Arabia. I feel like a, a weather person. Yes,
0: <laughs> I'd hate to do the weather for this whole region. I imagine it's quite varied. <laughs> sure, yeah. uh, this Libya is the next one. This is the one with the spelling mistake. Apologies, but Libya is the pink dot at the bottom. Uh, this is also including Cyrene. So if you got that one right, well done.
2: And then that leaves us with Egypt down the bottom here, if I can pin this on. Um, And that uh, is there. That was the last of them. So those are the places. Well done if you got all of them. Did anyone get all of them? Well done.
0: Including the bonus ones. (laughs) Not quite so much (laughs) of that. OK.
2: Now, while we've got the map up here, Luke wants to to show us a couple of things. The way he describes it with the places, he moves largely from kind of east through to west. And he's doing that partly to show us that the whole region was represented there. The whole region uh, of the known world, if you like, was getting to hear about Jesus. Now, this is obviously the known world. We know, of course, there's more to the world than that. Um, But at this point in time... Uh, This was the known world, but also Luke is trying to to get us to think back into our Bibles and to what had happened in history with the people of God. And really, he's taking us back all the way to when God started over with humanity. Do you remember the story of Noah and the floods and him starting again with with Noah's family? And you might remember Noah's sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And the people that are represented here, one of the things that Luke is doing is he's drawing on the the Bible's Old Testament, and these places and some of the groups and the tribes here and nations would have traced their lines back to uh, Noah and his family. So for example, um, the Elamites that get mentioned would have come under Shem, Um, Egypt and Libya would have come under Ham and his family line, Crete and Rome would have come under Japheth and his family line. So he's really saying the whole world is represented here. All the people that we've had uh, through history are represented here, right back into the Old Testament and to God's beginnings with humanity. Now that picture of our map, I think we can let you guys pop that down. Thank you very much. Uh, To our able assistants, there we go. Thanks so much. You guys can grab a seat. That picture and that map. Um, is really nicely captured in a video by a group called The Bible Project. If you come across any of their videos, they're really great. Um, And this short clip um, just speaks of Pentecost, what happened, and how things moved out from
3: there. One of the earliest accounts about Jesus of Nazareth, his life, death, and resurrection, was written by a man named Luke. We know it as the Gospel of Luke, but Luke continued the story in a second volume. Called the Book of Acts, and it's all about what Jesus continued to do after his resurrection. Acts begins with the disciples who are hanging out with Jesus, who's just come back to life, which is mind-blowing to imagine. And then for weeks, the risen Jesus kept teaching them about his upside-down kingdom, the new creation that he launched through his death and resurrection. This is exciting stuff and the disciples are ready to go tell the world. But then Jesus tells them to wait and to stay in Jerusalem until they receive a new kind of power so they can be faithful witnesses to Jesus and his kingdom. Then he says that their mission is going to begin in Jerusalem, then move out to Judea and Samaria and then from there out into the nations. It is like a road map for the whole book of Acts. Then the disciples saw Jesus enthroned as king of all creation. So the disciples wait, wondering when this power is going to come and then comes the time of Pentecost. So this is an ancient Israelite festival during the early summer and thousands and thousands of Jewish pilgrims would come back to Jerusalem from all over the world. All these different languages and cultures colliding in the city. And the disciples are together in a house which is suddenly filled with rushing wind along with fire. Fire splinters off into tongues of fire hovering over people's heads. What is this all about? Yeah, so Luke is tapping into a repeated Old Testament theme. When God's presence showed up similarly at Mount Sinai, he made a covenant with Israel and gave them the Ten Commandments. Then later, when God's glory came in a pillar of fire, it filled the tabernacle when he came to live among them. That was just one pillar of fire, not many. Exactly. Luke's making an important point here. This is God's personal temple presence, God's spirit that was foretold by Israel's prophets. And now it's come to take up residence in the new temple of Jesus' body, that is, his people. They've become little mobile temples where God now dwells. And they start to tell stories about Jesus, but they're speaking in languages that they didn't know before, yet all the visitors can understand them. What's this all about? Well, Peter gets up to explain that this is the fulfillment of Israel's hopes based on the scriptures. God's plan was always to use the unified family of Abraham to bring peace and justice to the world. But the tribes of Israel had been scattered because of the exile. Now here at Pentecost, representatives from all of the tribes come back together and they are introduced to their Messiah, the crucified and risen Jesus, so they can now become the restored people of Israel. And thousands of them start following
0: the way of Jesus. So all this means that the message of the Bible is that God has always intended everyone to know about Jesus. And we see it here in Acts, but actually if we look forward to the end of the Bible, it's also a picture of the new creation. So Revelation chapter 7 verse 9 says this, After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands, and they cried out in a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Now, we might think, perhaps, with all the things we've been thinking about, that actually it's very exciting to hear all that, but that perhaps isn't what we think about. So we might think, actually, if you look at our country, if you look at the UK, it seems more like the gospel is shrinking rather than growing, that fewer people are perhaps interested in becoming Christians, and actually there are fewer people going to church. But actually, we need to look wider. We need to look into our wider world to see a truer picture of what is actually happening. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to give you five facts. Now, I was listening to a talk recently by a lady called Rebecca McLaughlin. Uh, Paul mentioned one of her books in his sermon a couple of weeks ago. And these are some of the statistics, never easy to say, is it, (laughs) that she gave in her talk. And I'm going to give them to you with a word missing and see if you can work out which words, uh, which countries or areas you think might be included. Now, the first one is pretty tricky because this could be many places. Uh, But here we go. There were Christians in which country before there were any in the UK or America? Have a think, get a place in your mind. And I say there are probably lots of places, but the the place that she mentioned, which may be surprising to us, is that it is Iraq, that there were Christians in Iraq before there were Christians in the UK and America. Okay, here's number two. Uh, The church in where, I almost gave the answer away then, (laughs) is the fastest growing church movement in the world today. Have a think. Is there a country that you think, where might it be? Okay, so the place is the church in Iran. is the fastest growing church movement in the world today. There you go. Okay, number three. Experts think that there'll be more Christians in which country than in America by 2030? Do you have any idea where that might be? Have a bit of a think. Well, the answer is China. Okay, <laughs> Celebration, if you got it right. Uh, number four, some experts think that by 2060, this place could be a majority Christian country. Any idea where you think that might be? Well, again, the answer is China. Uh, and then the fifth one, uh, this is an area, kind of a region of the world rather than a specific country. By then, so by 2060, the, the thought is that perhaps 50% of the world's Christians... 40%. What is it's
2: 40%? Well, that's
0: what, didn't I say that?
2: Oh, you might have done. My apologies for interrupting you.
0: <laughs> well, I should think so. You're clearly not listening. <laughs> Did I say 50? Oh, I apologise, because well, clearly no, I'm no. wrong. Okay,
2: that's right. it's, you know. I'm going to
0: read that one again. By then, 40% <laughs> of the world's Christians could be living in this area. Does anybody have any? I feel like I've had so much time to think now, I should no, just give no, the answer. Right, yeah. The answer is Sub-Saharan Africa. Uh, Now, what this means is that the gospel really is spreading, and we might think of Christianity being kind of focused on the West or focused on Europe, but it's really not, and it means that Christianity is the most ethnically, racially, and culturally diverse belief system in the world.
2: Now, I think that takes a little bit of getting used to and almost just sinking in, particularly if you are from the UK or from the West. When we watched the video earlier where, do you remember that sort of, it was quite a nice image of a ring of fire that seemed to appear and then radiate outwards, and we can often watch that, I think I can watch that, thinking, oh, it's almost like the UK is at the centre of that, and everything radiates out from there, or perhaps even the West. But of of course, across history, there have been points where uh, the Gospel has gone out from these places, but it's not necessarily the case now and hasn't always been the case. And for us in the West and in the UK, we perhaps need to realise that we are receivers as much as we are senders of the gospel, uh, particularly now. And it can be hard for us to realise that we're not necessarily the centre of Christianity here in the West or in the UK. Isn't that really encouraging to hear and to hear of that history of, uh, of those who've taken the gospel out and then the fruit of that and in fact its return? Um, I think we'll, we'll leave you with three things, perhaps to reflect on and ponder and maybe think about over this afternoon. Um, the first is, particularly for us in the UK and perhaps in the West, I think this is quite humbling. Uh, we're not necessarily the centre of uh, the Christian world, and we might need to recognise that we are now in more need of mission here than we ever have been before, um, and that uh, the faith of those in the majority world Maybe, uh, maybe deeper, our faith here in the West may be more shallow. Uh, we haven't faced the kind of persecution and difficulty and hardship that those uh, uh, in the majority world have. And it's a humbling thing for us to reflect on.
0: Yeah, and the second thing is, if you are perhaps here and you're thinking about looking into Christianity, but you're unsure because you think in your mind that it's a white Western religion, then it is definitely worth thinking again, because it definitely isn't.
2: And then thirdly, um, if you are here from overseas, and Platt is blessed with a number of people who've come from many different countries, you are a great blessing to us and a strengthening presence to us. And so please know that and be encouraged by it.
0: And so Pentecost is a picture of where we're heading. And the next song calls it creation's glorious goal.